to Nintendo Nostalgia, episode 149. I'm your host, Jacob Rush, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Black, and Joshua Taylor, and we are back, and we are playing with power. Gentlemen, how you doing this week? I'm doing just fine. Yeah, Joshua, welcome back. Uh, man, last week we talked about little nightmares, you know, telling people to go get it. Josh actually didn't own the game, and he went and got it. Um, what do you think about that, Josh? What do you think about little nightmares? Well, I'm just about, I don't know, maybe an hour, an hour and a half in, and it's unlike anything else I've ever tried before. <laughs> it's definitely pretty creepy. Um, yeah. I'm a little bit stuck. Um, actually, I think the last time I put it down, I was starting to get the hang of things, but I just haven't had the time yeah. to get back into it. But I plan to. You know, Josh, you always say you don't have time to game, but I have to disagree. You're like... <laughs> You've already been in ukulele. You're already surpassed me in little nightmares. Like you game a lot, and then you're like on. Then you you're posting crash team racing, and then you're back on Smash Brothers. I'm I think like how does this guy get to game so much? I'm jealous. I, I make the time. It's probably not a good thing. It's it's <laughs> I shouldn't be. I mean, to be fair with ukulele, I. I don't know. I kind of drag my feet a little bit. One, I like to savor it. You know, I don't like to just rush right through it all. At the same time, I really want to beat it. I don't know. I, um, I guess. Hold on. Let's just get into what we've been radical rexing about. And uh, to start us off, I know Josh and I are still radical rexing about ukulele in the impossible lair um and you know for me i uh you know i um i want to just go beat the final layer i do but at the same time i want it 100 everything and i'm still looking for one more coin and i've got like maybe like nine or eight platonics tonics left to find and i just don't know where they all are you know so it's kind of like should I just say screw it and just keep on going and finish this thing or, you know, but that, that's not me. It, it bugs me if I don't finish it. But I mean, for being realistic with life and how much, how, how much time I get to dedicate, you know, um, I could be stuck on this game for another two weeks at that rate, you know? So, uh, I'm kind of torn on that, but, uh, Josh, I know you wanted to talk about ukulele. Um, you were obviously, you weren't able to be on last week. Dude, let us have it. You were still excited about the game. Your daughter is a bee in the game. Thanks to you. Um, so yeah, man, what do you think of it all? I don't want to go onto it too much. Cause then it would take up the hill episode. <laughs> we'll have um, one. But yeah, I love it. Um, I even got to write that little review for it. Um, yes, congratulations. Yeah, I mean, that was great. Of course, since, you know, back when Donkey Kong Country started, I've been a huge fan of that. So yeah. it, it was like it was made for me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I love it. I keep going back to it. I should be getting through other games like Ori right now that oh, I've been playing oh, yeah. through. But 
And I, I keep ending up going back to ukulele and the impossible layer just to goof off, even though I beat it. <laughs> um, just That's messing around with Sonic. How good of a game it is! It's it's so good. Yeah, it's it's fun just to go back and turn on some crazy stuff, make it look crazy, give them big heads, whatever. Yeah, it, it actually adds to it a little bit. I enjoy using the tonics more once I've done it. Like my yeah. first run through, I don't like I. I'm I'm a I'm a purist when it comes to games. Like I, you know, a lot of people like to change Link's outfits or Mario's outfits in Mario Odyssey and stuff. Like I actually hate that because I I really it bothers me if I'm not in the traditional Mario suit or if I'm not in the traditional Link suit. So like I like to be the way it was originally designed. Um. I know that uh, a lot of people love that stuff. That's why it's there. But and but you know, once I've done the main stuff, I'll go back and, and experiment. So I'm somewhere in the middle with that. Um, I'll uh, like if there's costumes or something, I'll I'll try them out and then I'll go back. But then I'll yeah. I'll try out. I'm like, ooh, I just unlocked this. I got to use it. And then I'm like, ah, it doesn't look like Mario anymore or whatever. Sure, so, absolutely. You know, I kind of get that. Like if I'm gonna beat King K. Rule as with Donkey Kong, I gotta beat him in a red DK tie, not like a blue DK tie. You know, it's gotta be the original design. That's how I feel about it. You know, so <laughs> when I go into that final battle, like in, in Breath of the Wild, I put Link in the green tonic uh, her outfit, whatever you know, and tunic, and uh, uh, that's how I beat him. That's how I took him out. I think I did it in like um, Ocarina of Time outfit because I thought that looked the coolest. So, so in Zelda, do you use Link as your name, or do you use your name? My name. Okay, I I, I use my name too, but I know people that will use Link. Yeah, I've always so. just done it. I I like I love that. I love when you can change the name to yourself because I just feel like uh, it makes me feel a little bit more part of the game. Like it's really me as the character. Yeah. So I guess I do change that, but. Um, outside of that, though, like I, I got to see they got to look like the character, in, in my opinion. Um, anything else you're Radical Rex in about? I know we kind of just jumped into it this week. Um, Josh, anything else? Really, ukulele was the biggest thing. And like you said, my my daughter's got that. Her, her B is Lil B. And it's a little yeah. hard to say it's so close to her name. I have to think about what I'm saying. Um, but that's yeah, so, so cool, that's cool. Uh, that's a whole thing in itself. But. Yeah, for the most part, that, and I'm excited for Luigi's Mansion 3 coming out. Um, those yeah. are the two games that I was most excited for this year. Yes. And I've always loved that series. I, d- I don't want to get stuck on that now, but, <laughs> yeah. I got to get you going on about that before that too. gets here. Um, I'm actually playing around on the first one again, so I probably beat that game six times. And That's it's crazy. it's just easy to sit down and go through when you're kind of half doing other stuff. It's a great game. I mean, I'm with you. Luigi's Mansion was my number one, and then they announced Ukulele and Impossible Air, and it became my number two. It's definitely my number one from Nintendo directly, but um, and they both come out in the month of October. Like, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, cool. Well, Ryan, man, you know, what about you? You're just kind of sitting over there double vision silent. What's going on, man? <laughs> uh, it's been a crazy week, man. I don't know if I can Radical Rex about it too much, but um so my my yard the war in my yard was finally uh launched uh and uh we tore out everything actually my family did most of it i've been working so much 
Yeah, yeah they, they tore out all the front yard and put up a new planter uh, box wall. It's looking really great. And they've been working really hard all all, all week. And, um, yeah, they really uh, knocked it out of the park with the work that they've done. Um, I worked on, a lot on the inside. Um, I hooked up a couple dishwashers till we find one that worked. And uh, then we had a backup in the drain, so it all backed up into the new dishwasher. So I had to clean up all that mess. <laughs> So, Very yeah, cool. that was kind of my week. Um, I got to play Overwatch, which I'm really excited about. I'm Radical Rexing a big ton on that one. Um, cool. But also, I played a little bit of Ukulele in the Impossible Lair. So, oh I'm having fun with that. Just unlocking a thing here or there. Keeping it, keeping it real. Keeping um, it real. You know, the uh, Star Wars trailer just dropped um, right when we started recording this podcast. The last, the final one for Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> and I really want to watch it. But I'm here doing this thing, and I'm going to watch it right after. Yeah. There you go. I'll probably do the same thing. Um, <laughs> cool. Uh, for me, I have a lot. Well, sock shocker. I have a lot to Radical Rex about this week. Um, the first thing I want to Radical Rex about is my shirt that I'm wearing. You guys can't really see it, but it's... Uh, what, what, what size is that shirt? This is a medium. Oh, okay, you wear mediums. Nice. Yeah, I can fit in mediums now, which is another thing I'll radical Rex about. But um, <laughs> they, uh, my, I came home. It's October twenty first. My birthday is tomorrow. I'll be twenty nine officially on October twenty second. So my uh, little girl, I got home from work, and she came running out to my car, and she's like, "Daddy, Daddy, it's your birthday!" And I guess her mommy and Jack went out and they bought some like cupcakes tonight because I actually have to work late tomorrow at work, um, mm. and and they she bought me this little shirt from from the kids and it fits great it's a goku shirt i love it uh it's orange and black too so i'm like oh, that's great for the month of october um it's medium it fits well um which can roll into my next radical rex uh you know i just finished a whole 30 i'm in the middle of doing it around a p90x and um i'm down uh 12 pounds um from when i initially started which was just back in like late august so i'm um, looking really good i mean that sounds really vain but i <laughs> i am to the point where like i'm not embarrassed to like walk around the house with my shirt off and like i feel good about that and whereas before i was like i always wanted to wear you know a little bit baggier clothes and and nothing too tight i was able to wear my banjo kazooie shirt i uh, that i got you know i got two of them and i They've really just kind of sat in my drawer because I got them and they were just a little too snug. And now it's to the point to where they're snug on my shoulders and chest, but not my waist. And that's exactly what you want, you know. So um, I'm excited about that. It's 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 good. I'm getting back to my old trainer day uh, phases. I'm not done. Keep working, you know, one day at a time is what I tell myself. That's my model, just one day at a time. Um, but I'm excited about all that. Um Obviously, the ukulele in the impossible layer. Um, and I'm excited about Luigi's Mansion 3 coming out. So um, my birthday is tomorrow, but I'm not really doing anything on my birthday. Um, this, uh, it's kind of weird because this is the first time I I normally have a birthday party like right before my birthday or right after my birthday on the weekend. But this year, because Luigi's Mansion decided to come out on Halloween, I decided it was like, okay, I'm going to get it on Halloween. Uh, my, my parents actually gave me my birthday card this past week and my parents just give me, they always give us like 50 bucks to all their kids and their birthday. And, uh, that's basically paying for Luigi's mansion three. I'm going to get it and I'm going to, um, 
I'm getting off work early on Halloween to go trick or treating. So this will be my daughter's first real Halloween. Nice mushroom, Ryan. Um, and uh, we will um, go trick or treating. But I'm gonna have Luigi's Mansion to come home to. I'm gonna eat some candy and stay up late playing Luigi's Mansion three and Halloween nights. Um, but because of that, I'm having my birthday party with the Nos crew, which it's just a Nos crew hangout. Basically, it's how the guys over. We have the same foods pizza and but there's cake you know for my birthday and, and we're going to game and on that saturday so i'm actually going to have a big shebang for my birthday on october or november 2nd but i'm going to be off all weekend i took the friday off took that saturday off for sure and i'm getting off early on thursday because of halloween so it's going to be a good good time that following weekend so i'm excited about all that um man I do wish I could make it up there. I'm way too far away. <laughs> so what you're you know saying what? is, tomorrow you're going to gain an extra life. You're going to one-up. Oh, I am going to one-up. <laughs> He's one waiting up. for that one. I, yeah, he <laughs> held the mushroom for like two minutes there, just staring at me. <laughs> Good job, Ryan. Um, uh, yeah, um, I really... For somebody who's not, I'm not into horror. I hate horror. I hate gore. Um, I hate really being scared. I really do. But the month of October is just such a fun time. I think, you know, like the spookiness can have a fun side to it. I love the colors. I love, I love the the lime greens, the purples, the, the orange, the dark. I think it all is great and it's fun, you know. So um, I'm just loving this time. I'm loving this time of year and um, – Oh, and the Colts dominated yesterday again, so that's something Radical Rex about. And, uh, oh, I want another big one. I got a Radical Rex about this. Finally, over the weekend on Saturday, I just dedicated pretty much the whole day to um, cleaning out my garage. And uh, we moved into this house about a year, a year ago this time, and that's been my goal ever since we moved in. Um, and... Uh, it's so nice. We could park both of our cars and we can get out and walk around and there's not just stuff everywhere. And like, it's clean and I can walk. It's such a great feeling. I felt so good leaving my house this morning and not having to go outside in the cold and rain to get in my car. And I was just able to get in my car in the garage and dry as can be and leave. It was so nice. So nice. Um, so uh, yeah, really, that's all I've been radical rexing about. Um, I'm getting ready to start my next song, too, uh, which is going to be spooky-ish. So on the way home, I was actually doing some research, listening to, like, random spooky Nintendo songs. Um, and I was, like, actually scaring myself because it was just really creepy to just hear stuff <laughs> on my way home. So I'm easily spooked. I really am. Like, freaks me out. So hopefully I can come up with something good. I'm not um, used to this. Writing anything fast, pop punk, or really pretty is easy for me. But it, when it comes to something outside of my elements, my traditional elements, it's 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 challenging. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, but I I hope I can get it done and done good, done good. You know, so do it right. Okay, I'll shut up now. It's been about ten minutes of me radical rexing once again. Um, we have a fun topic to to get into. This is what this is our like our fourth week of our spooky talk. Is that correct? Fourth episode this month? Um, one, two. Yeah, this is the fourth one. Yep. 
because the first one was our villains. We recorded in September, but it launched in October, um, which was part of our spookiest, um, spooky stuff. So, and then we had uh, Metroid, and then we had Little Nightmares, and now we are here. Um, and guys, this week we have Josh back on specifically um, because he's such an expertise in this field. Um, we are talking about a specific character, character spotlight, and who better to talk about in the month of Halloween than the witch herself, Gruntilda. Tilda the Witch, the main villain from Banjo Kazooie the series. Um, it's uh, she's fun. Obviously, I mentioned her in my um, villains episode that, and in multiple villains episodes that she's up there and hardest boss fights, favorite villains. Um, let's talk about this witch. Um, Ryan, take us off, man. Why did you pick me, man? (laughs) Because I knew that would be the wrong pick. No, John, take us off, man. Talk about Gruntilda here. All right. So this character, what do you think about her? Well, let me pull this back up here. There we go. She is a witch. uh, She's very green and uh, (laughs) has black and and some stripes. She likes stripes a lot. She's very Um, ugly. she's, She's a bit on the plump side sometimes. Another time she's, you know, slender. Even when she's slender, she's still fat. I'll get back to that in a minute. Anyway, (laughs) I'm at the bones, not we're overthinking it. So anyway, the first game, (laughs) she started out in Banjo-Kazooie all the way back in 98. I'm going to go in like chronological order here that the games actually came out because the stories bounce around a little bit. Sure. Um, So, of course, she popped up in there first and she started out with a pretty goofy role already and was a lot more present than a lot of other villains in other games. Oh, yeah, um, totally. So, like, right from the opening scene, you find out she's wanting to steal Tootie's beauty. Uh, that's the whole reason she wants to kidnap her. So yeah. it's way different than, like, Bowser wanting to kidnap Peach or something like that. Well, that was um, of cool course, the game starts off. Like, typically, game, I don't feel like games really start off with the villain being the first yeah. thing you really see. You know what I mean? So that was... If you really think about it, that's kind of unique, for, especially for that time in games when we, what we had seen was a cool cutscene and everything. And that was like in the first minute. like, And you, you see her yep. finding out that she's apparently not the most beautiful thing in that land, which is, should have been obvious. But in the meantime, she's picking her nose and flings it. <laughs> should be obvious. Oh, dude. She's so, an idiot. If, if that didn't make it obvious enough. Rare did a great job. I mean, that's what, that's what you love about Rares. They just have so much humor in their games and I, I love it and yeah from the get-go man you just know she's she's ugly the whole the whole story of banjo kazooie is just so stupid it's funny i love it i mean it's 
Yeah, she, it fits it. You fit. You realize she's jealous of a child bear. Like she wants the beauty of a of a, a little bear, a cub. I mean, Tootie is not an adult. She's not a grown bear here. She's jealous of a child. <laughs> yeah, it. It's got it, problems. It makes just enough sense to to still be cohesive I guess yeah. by the time it's all said and done for sure but anyway, another big thing yeah. for, for Grunty in particular is rhyming so like the whole game she is rhyming um, now eventually mm. this shuts off by the second game but we'll get there yeah um, but yeah that that's a big thing I, I couldn't even attempt it <laughs> <laughs> and, and throughout that whole first game especially she is Hackling you as you go through her layer. Um, sometimes just right. a random, or if you get to certain points, she'll say something. Right. Um, so, like I said, she's just ever present. Um, it's like she's sitting there watching everything you're doing. Yeah, probably through her pot, you know. Yeah. So I thought that added something a little special to it compared to some other games. Oh, especially it, it at the top. Did. I really like um, that rhyming scheme. Um, and, and the heckling throughout the adventure. Um, I also enjoyed that element. Um, if I'm remembering this right, that was an element in ukulele as well, correct? Yep. Where he'd yeah. like poke at you and, and prod at you as you, you go through. Uh, Capital B. And I was a little sad they didn't include this in the, sec- the sequel too much that I've seen. Um, but and that's maybe that stays true. I don't know if she heckles you in the second one. I haven't actually played Banjo Tooie. Um, but uh, yeah, I really liked her theme. I, I really like this villain a lot. Um, believe it or not, <laughs> not being a huge fan of Banjo Kazooie, like I, I almost cheered for her. I was like, I don't, I don't want like Banjo's sister to be like bothered, but at the same time, like you know, why can't she be beautiful? You know, <laughs> right? Well, no, she's um. Yeah, obviously we're going to stick on Kazooie right now and we'll, we can proceed to how she changes as a, as a character through each game. Um, but, you know, uh, I mentioned it before in our Villains up, so that's what I love about her. I love how she's always present. I love how she's always there talking to you, messing with you. You, you know she's always around, you know, whereas like Bowser, I guess, somewhat talks to Mario 64, but in general, Bowser's pretty hidden until you get to him. And and she is not. Like you could feel like she could pop out at any time. And um it's I mean, thankfully in your she doesn't because she'd really destroy you if she did because in the early stages of the game. But um Gruntilda, she's very funny, she's very mean, and she's very ugly. And that that really Those are is, unkind words to say. Well, it's it's all true, so I'm I'm not sorry. Um, yeah, we can talk about like let's just talk about that that game over scene real quick. Um, Grunty is basically you if you fa- if you die in Banjo Kazooie or if you end the game, you don't finish it in one playthrough. Um, you get to see the aftermath of your decisions, and um, she transforms. She steals Tootie's beauty, and she comes out as this slender sexy looking witch doesn't even look the same at all and of course um mumbo jumbo is quick to um hop sides there and <laughs> offer her a flower <laughs> it's so funny i mean he's he's all against her then once she comes out hot he's like uh 
Icampoco, never mind, you know, <laughs> whatever he says. Um, and he wants to be her boyfriend, basically. But um, it, she has the same voice. Well, she has the same laugh. She does not have the same voice as when she talks as sexy Gruntilda, as what we're going to refer her to her as. Um, uh, so I always thought that that was an interesting dynamic because when they when she is a, a slender, more prettier witch, I mean, she I feel like I get a different tone from her. She doesn't seem as humorous. Um, she seems more serious, whereas you can't take the fat, ugly witch Grinsilda seriously. You know what I mean? Even though she is a dangerous character, you can't take her serious just for her rhymes and her talks. And um, she just doesn't feel that way when she turns um, slender. And I always wondered what would a game, a Banjo Kazooie game, feel like if that's the Gruntilda you saw all the time. You know, was the the aftermath of you losing i would and i honestly i i thought i was thinking today that could be a great plot point for a banjo three if they ever made it like she somehow stole someone's beauty finally and you've got to somehow undo what she did and that could be an interesting take on a story to continue on with that but um so uh yeah her as a character uh I, I wish I had some of her rhymes pulled up, actually. I didn't pull any of them up. Um, she's just, like I said, she's just funny. Uh, Ryan, do you have anything to add about Gruntilda um, from Kazooie, the Kazooie era, at least? Um, her lair's cool. I mean... I, I don't like that final fight at all. Sure. The, the quiz show. Oh, not a fan. The quiz show, I, I don't know. A lot of people don't like that. I think it's unique. I don't have an issue. Oh, yeah, it's unique. I thought it was cool. It's annoying, though. <laughs> well, you got to be good. See, you got to know what you're playing. See, I enjoy I have good memories of that in particular because back in the day, like back when I first played it in 98 with my dad, I remember, yeah. I don't know how we knew to do this. Maybe Nintendo Power told us or something, but uh, her sister, we would take down everything she would tell us about her, like on a notepad. I wish <laughs> I had yeah. that notepad somewhere. I don't know if I kept it or not. So we were like prepared when we got to that point for some of the questions. Yeah, that was kind of neat. I loved that part. I thought it was great. Um, It's definitely it breaks up everything you've done in the game. And uh, I know we're not talking about the game specifically, but the fact that I've heard just like being there, it's like you could fight her. But instead, she's going to make you come across a quiz show board to get to the other side. Um again, just shows the wittiness and humor of that character and the fact that, like, this is part of her plan to take you down is you're going to have to beat me in a trivia game. And you beat her, you know? So um, then she runs off, obviously, and you got to go got to go get her. But um, Gruntilda after Banjo-Kazooie. Well, first off, I guess we could just kind of talk about her, how she just kind of takes over Spiral Mountain. Like, I'm not sure if she took over Spiral Mountain and just like kicked everyone out of there and just planted her home there. Or if she's always been there from the start, Josh, do you are you familiar with that of her origins I, with that? If I remember correctly, um, and that that's kind of getting into the third game, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, game Bernie's game. Revenge, because it goes back in Tom and her layer is just being built. So there's not like actual years 
per se in the games, but you could kind of put it as like the seventies <laughs> if if you were to put a year to it. And so yeah, I don't think she had always been there. So she moves in, basically takes it over, and um, you just hope she doesn't come out to mess with you. But she, uh, her lair is really cool. It's really creepy. Um, it's just her mouth wide open with a bridge coming out from it, and then you got to cross it to go into it. Um, obviously, her theme song um, is probably, I would argue, it's actually the most popular song in Banjo-Kazooie. I know it's not even really in a Smash remake. I know it had a small cameo in, in, in one of the Smash songs, but overall, um, I think when I think of Banjo Kazooie, I think of her theme, her layer theme. Yeah, and all the different variations on it too. <laughs> when you get near other worlds, mm. um, it kept it point. not as it, it kept it from getting stale when you were wandering around the layer. Absolutely, it's such a catchy theme. It's based off of the um, what the teddy bears go marching song something like that yeah i remember hearing that somewhere it's really creepy actually the original version is pretty darn creepy and of course that all is grant kirkhope yes um but i always loved her theme song i i still do and i'm i'm still surprised because the final battle is really just a more intense version of that song that you hear throughout the whole layer. I'm su- I'm really surprised they didn't do that song in general, like as a rock metal version in Smash Bros. Ultimate. Yeah, it should have been. That's nice. <laughs> it really should have been. I mean, it is a key song to the franchise. Again, I would argue it's more popular than the intro song on the on uh, that you see when you start the game up. Um, and I'd argue it's more popular than Spiral Mountain because you're in the layer pretty much 90 95% of this game and that's the song you hear is her theme song yeah to add to add to Kazooie in particular that last boss fight is quite a jump in difficulty (laughs) it's super Um, hard man I mean there's no boss fights throughout the entire game and then you come to that there is but nothing quite like that that's a <laughs> that's a whole different level nothing like a major boss fight. everyone's like it's smaller there's smaller enemies and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. more i guess you could consider those more as like mini boss fights yeah i would never consider anything of angel kazooie levels full-on boss fights not like mr patch and stuff in Tui. yeah yeah so i guess we can transition over to Tui. she changes a lot um she's not i would argue that grunty actually becomes a darker character. She's very angry. Spoilers. You beat her. She gets trapped under a rock for like a whole year. Um, two years. And, yeah. In two years, they start up. Uh, that's how long it actually took them to transition from Kazooie to Tui, but she's trapped under a boulder for two years and um, it, uh, she has no more flesh. She's a complete skeleton of herself. And it's um, kind of creepy to be honest, kind of, kind of weird because you're not used to seeing that. And it, it's kind of – I don't feel like Nintendo normally does that, like where you, their villains have been they're, – they're used to looking one way, and then the next game, they're completely different. Bowser's ne- not really like that. you know. Bowser looks like Bowser for the most part. So it's very um, interesting that that's the route they took. But I think it – I think her image adds to how her personality changes. Is she still, you know, silly – I think she is in her actions, but I think the the decisions she makes in Tui as opposed to Kazooie are a lot more severe and a lot more um, darker, which it 
fits the flow of that game. Banjo Kazooie is, I would argue, is more darker and depressing than, by far, than Kazooie. That's the feeling and tone you get throughout the whole thing. Would you agree, Josh? What do you think of of, of Gruntilda and Tui as a pair composed to Kazooie? Yeah, so first, this is kind of what I half mentioned earlier. When she comes out from under the boulder and is a skeleton, she's still fat somehow. <laughs> I oh, I know. understood that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's just but, big bone. But yeah, I mean, at this point, she's just basically trying to kill everyone she can and get her flesh back. Um, she's basically on a, a revenge tour for, in that game. Yeah. In the first opening scene, she kills bottles. Oh, man. Um, she's trying to, yeah. So she's trying to kill Banjo and Kazooie, of course. They make it out of the house. But Bottles, long story short, ends up hanging behind and gets himself killed. Um, so that's just to start things out. actually. And her sisters, her, her two sisters that were not in the first game, are the ones that got her out from the rock to begin with. Because, gosh, I, I feel like I forgot to mention some stuff about the first one now. But her... Uh, her little minion Klungo was not able to do it on his own. And they showed up with their big drill and magic and everything and blew the rock away. Um, and they're, they're kind of a whole other part of that story. Um, that whole right. dynamic between her and her two sisters. Um, I'm going to end up saying their names wrong. I've known. Does she but, have, how many sisters does she have? Two. Well, three. Sort uh, of. Uh, and two, she has two. Yeah. Um, the it's, good one. You said that there was one that was talking in the first one. Yeah. Yes. And she's only in the first game. And okay. she's the only good one. <laughs> um, now, I'm I'm pulling it up now because so I'm good. Kind of Wizard of Oz-esque. I mean, some of that can pull from that. Really, the green skin and what have you. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so these two are Mengela and Blob, Bob Velda. <laughs> I she, cannot remember how to Blob say Blob Velda is fatter than Gruntilda. She's huge. Oh, she's um, hideous. <laughs> They're all hideous, but yeah. So anyway, the whole dynamic there is is pretty funny throughout. Uh, but they do pretty early on tell her to quit rhyming. <laughs> so That's for funny. most of that game, she's not rhyming because she was starting to drive them crazy. That's, That's a terrible funny. gimmick. Yeah. So I, I'm jumping a little bit ahead here, but by the end of that game, she ends up killing them anyway. Oh yeah, so that's just, what I mean. She's merciless. She she kills her own sisters when things yeah. are going south. <laughs> and this is during another one of those game show type things. She drops a ton weight on each of them um, because they didn't do as good as Banjo does. So she just decides to just kill them off and no remorse. <laughs> so it's more in a goofy way than anything. But they're definitely dead. You never see them again after yeah after they saved her life by yeah. Breaking her out of a boulder, but not just to repays them. Gruntilda is really kind of ruthless. I mean, even the characters from Kazooie and Tui, like if you talk to them, they all describe like what, the things that this witch has done to them. Like they've all been like cursed and she's transformed them or done something to them. As a matter of fact, Mumbo, um, I mean, he was the shaman. He was her. If you read the the manual to yeah. the game, he was actually like her trainer. Like he taught her her magic, and then she became dark and betrayed him, and turned Mumbo Jumbo into the skeleton character that we see. She outgrew his own talents. Shocker! Spoilers. <laughs> and he decided to stay that way. 
Yeah, and then he wants to like marry her when she like gets all hot and stuff too. So all three of them apparently with Mumbo. He's another character. We'll we'll save his spotlight for another <laughs> day. He's 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 pretty interesting. But um, so yeah, and Tui, that's how she goes. Um, and then it, you uh beat her up, and she's still alive, but you like sort of blow her. her. Her body's not intact anymore, but her her head is still active and talking. <laughs> They're playing soccer with it at the end of Tui, that's for sure. But um, so then she goes on into, uh, do you want to talk about Nuts and Bolts? Because I actually don't know really anything about Nuts and Bolts besides the fact that she's well, ahead still. The, the next one. Oh, is, I, I guess you're right. It's not Nuts and Bolts, yep. Well, the way I have this listed here. No, you're right. The next one, I guess, would technically be Granny's Revenge. Um, yes, I don't see it on my list, but I know that one. Does a pilot fall in here? I, I believe it comes out before Nuts and Bolts, it like does. right before it. 2007, I think it was. Um, now that's where it gets a little bit confusing. Is Granny's Revenge actually takes place between one and two? Yeah, it's um, a prequel, but it's like a side story. It's not like the original pre sequel. Yeah, something like that. So she's still under the rock, but her ghost (laughs) comes out and Colongo helps her with a robot body. And she has a big robot body the whole game. So it's a little bit ridiculous, but it's kind of expected at this point. It's funny. So she ends up kidnapping Kazooie in that one. Why didn't she just put her ghost in a robot body and get the rock off her herself? And uh, that's a good question. Plot <laughs> reason. <laughs> there you go. So she's able to kidnap Kazooie and travel through time. The rock's still there. That's a good point. But anyway, you end up saving Kazooie pretty early on. Um, and then you kick her butt. She's stuck back under the rock. So there's not a whole lot to that one. No, no. Unfortunately, I actually have not beat it and I need to. Um, I didn't get it till later on in, in life, like last year from Traven for Christmas. So, but so is her personality really? Does she do? She does do much talking in that one, Josh. I mean, not a whole lot. Um, there's not a whole lot of story in that one. It sets itself up, and then it's just kind of rolls how, through. How long <laughs> is that game, hour wise? I think I've beat it. I beat it about two or three, well, probably about three times now. And I think it takes less than 10 hours. I can't remember yeah, exactly, yeah. but yeah, it's not too bad. Interesting. Pretty easy. Um, okay. Well, uh, you know, obviously let's talk about nuts and bolts. So we yeah. kind of go back to how she, you see her ending off in Tui, which is something I always loved that Banjo-Kazooie was consistent with. It was that's the progression of her character. Like we talked about, she was green and evil in the first. She's all bone and skeleton in the second. And then um, not looking at the adventure in between for, um, you know, the Game Boy Advance version. Um, she is just ahead in Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Like in the in- whole intro of the scene, she's basically Banjo-Kazooie are tired, old, and, and fat. They just kind of have given up because Gruntilda has not been around to really cause problems. But she finally shows up as a head. But she's pretty pathetic looking. You know what I mean? She's not herself. She's pathetic. And she's pathetic villains going up against the 
Everyone's pathetic. pathetic. Yeah, that's <laughs> basically kind of the theme. Even the game looks a little bit still depressing, like the the way they, they drew up everything. Um, but then she gets put into a robot body by a character named, what? Uh, Lord, L-O-G. Uh, Log. Log. It's Lord of Games. Lord of Games. He's essentially supposed to be like God in the gaming world. Um, and he gets Banjo-Kazooie back into shape, and they look great. And then... Gruntilda, I don't know why he doesn't give her a body back, but he puts her head in a jar and she's got like a robot body again, but her head floats in a jar. Kind of like, like Dr. Quack. Yeah. Except for he's not his head, you know, but but similar. She also gets a cat in that game. Does she really? Yeah. Piddles, so can, I think is his name. <laughs> can you explain her is she mean to her cat? Like what how is she how has she changed? Is she nicer? Is she a bit more humbled since she's Got her butt beat three times now, or that is the only banjo game I've never beat. I keep tr- going back to it, and it's like, oh yeah, this isn't so bad. And then I get like halfway through, and I'm like, I, I start having trouble, and I just kind of fade off into something else. But yeah, from what I remember, when like, she first gets the cat, um, she kicks it, but then it comes back and bites her. Like her head is connected to the body, and there's this little tube, and it oh, no. like likes to snatch onto that thing. Yeah. So I'm sure that doesn't feel too good. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Interesting. Oh Ryan, as we've talked about Gruntilda, why don't you uh, chime? What are you What are you thinking here? I know you're Ryan's kind of like our our listening co-host today, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't have a lot of experience outside of the first game, um, so I didn't even know that she had a skeleton form or a ghost form or a robot really? form. Wow. I didn't know any of that. Two robots. <laughs> yeah, two robots. So um, I liked who she was in the first one a lot. Um, it yeah. sounds like they did a big departure in the second one, and I've heard it's a lot drearier. That's kind of what steered me away from trying to play it. I've heard some it's negative about it, thing. saying it's just not the same as the first one. It doesn't capture the charm of the first one, no, necessarily. Um, and then Nuts and Bolts, I heard, is just complete removal from everything. Now, I haven't looked in any of the Game Boy Advance stuff or, or what have you. Um, what platform was Grunty's Revenge on? Game Boy Advance. And okay, so, so there's two titles on Game Boy Advance, but one wasn't officially released? Yeah, they were both released. Pilot, um, this, I'll at least say for the story for it, it doesn't really have one. Okay. Like, the characters are kind of looking like they did at the beginning. Like, Gruntilda's, like, normal, green, whatever. Mm. Um, so there's not really a whole lot to talk about on that one. You can play as Gruntilda. Interesting. Um, now, do do they give a name to her uh, broomstick? It has eyes and everything, so he does have a name. Uh, crap! I should know that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure everything has a name. Everything has uh, googly eyes and a name. Um, I know her pot's name is Ding Pot. I, what is her <laughs> broomstick's name? <laughs> You know what? I mean, from what I'm looking at here, it says Gruntilda's broomstick is like the name. So I, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. It, it probably wow. does. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now does this broomstick make any more appearances in later games? No, I believe it's gone in the middle of the last fight in Banjo-Kazooie and that's it. It's toast. It, do, it does pop up in Smash Brothers. 
Now, but does it fly off or does it just, they just don't say anything that happens to it? I think you knock her out of the sky and it's just destroyed. I, I can't remember exactly how, how that goes about. Cause when you beat her in that game, she's the last part, she's standing on the side of the cat or her tower. She's not flying around cause you have already knocked her out of the sky. <laughs> so I think it just gets destroyed. I have the guidebook to Banjo-Kazooie that I, you know, bought off of Amazon or whatever, eBay. Um, I got the Tui one right here, yeah. I I used to have Tui when I got the game. I know I used to have that. I need to get that again. But Gruntilda, her her profile is rude, lewd, and not what you'd call easy on the eyes. Gashly Gruntilda will swoop down from her mountain hideaway to capture the fairest of them all, Tootie. In the witch's lab, Grunty has con concocted a machine that will swap her haggy haggish mug with Tootie's cubby cuteness. Literally green with envy, Gruntilda's desire to be beautiful will be what starts the whole adventure. And yeah, she is pretty ugly if you just look at her pictures right there. She's not easy on the eyes. But I... Man, I love her character because she is unique. She's funny. She's different. Um, and just uh, what we talked about with her whole interaction, I think Kazooie, Kazooie's the best, you know, it's the best game in the series. And I think it represents the characters at their purest um, form of what we love about them. And, um, you know, whenever they do a Banjo 3, I really hope that um, Gruntilda is back and uh, to her old self. I really would love for them to go back to green rhyming gruntilda do you think they would or do you think they would just continue on with this progression of her character it's been 11 years since nuts and bolts i almost feel like they would bring her back be it just a reboot or for whatever reason she goes back to normal i hope she has her classic rhyming and everything because that was a lot of charm to it i think that's i mean i really enjoyed that villain um, I, don't I don't know why I didn't enjoy Banjo-Kazooie as much as I did. Maybe because I didn't have access to it as much as a kid. Um, Probably. You were playing on the Xbox, too. Yeah, was yeah I yeah. definitely didn't enjoy playing on the Xbox at all. Like, I was trying to speed oh. through that thing, and I didn't enjoy it. That's and, how you originally played it, yeah. And I used, a, I think, a strategy guide through most of it just to get past the part. And that's why, part of the reason why I didn't like the quiz show. I, I guess I just kind of knew the answers and it didn't have ah. any like meaning for me. Um, it's a shame. I should have taken my time and played it. I think you were pushing me to get through it, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that I did play it through and beat it. Um, I wish I would have had more of my childhood able to play that because I'd only get to play it whenever, whenever did Zach's house. Mm. And I know I died quite a bit because I was young and didn't understand any of it. <laughs> I know this isn't Banjo-Kazooie episode, but I mean, fun fact, another reason why I think I'm so tied to this game, why I love it, it was actually the very first um, Nintendo 64 game I ever got to demo. We were at, yeah. uh, at Sears um, off East Washington Street in the mall. Sears is no longer there, I believe. Um, that mall has gone way downhill and 
everything close is there. But we were up at Sears, and when Sears used to have video games, they used to actually sell them. They don't anymore, uh, but they used to. I remember like my mom was shopping, and she let me uh, hang out the game section, and they had the Nintendo 64 set up. And I remember running around as Banjo uh, and around Spiral Mountain. You know, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that this was an awesome game. I didn't have a 64 yet. And I couldn't wait to get one. And that was the game that they were demoing at Banjo Kazooie. And, um, I think it's all why mm-hmm. it's all tied to my mind. And I loved cause Brad had it and throw uh, me Nintendo power. I remember getting the VHS for it before it came out. Oh, if you've ever went back, so you can watch that on YouTube still. I didn't have Nintendo power back then. I watched that VHS tape. Like that one and all the rest of them, the Donkey Kong Country, Star Fox 64, all those, like over and over again as a kid. And that one got me, that got me pretty excited. So I, I think, Mountain. Yeah. I, I remember how he says it. I don't know why I haven't watched that in years, but I think oh, I even yeah, had like a pre order t shirt or something, but I don't know what happened to it. I'm so jealous. Um, so. Gruntilda as a whole, um, not a very successful villain at all. Um, at least not until we encounter her. I mean, she did set up her whole layer and everything. The, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The collection, the cadre, the the bunch of villains. I think she comes out as the lowest IQ, probably. Um, But she knows how to rhyme, so you gotta question (laughs) that, too. (laughs) She... She has her moments sort of at in the beginning of Tui, I feel like, is her little bit of victory, I guess. But then you just kind of end up knocking her right back down again. <laughs> well, that's the thing about her is that I don't I don't know. It, she's not straight up dumb. She's not Klungo yeah. dumb, you know, like she does do some devious things. She's been a, a bully. She's a bully to all these characters like. So when Banjo and Kazooie come around, it's they're they legit are the heroes because they're going to undo all this crap that she's done. So obviously she's smart enough to be able to have the magic powers that she does that uh, to, to take over what she's done. Um, it's just her motives are really silly, and then um, she definitely is a flawed character. Like I feel yeah. like she she can be she can be tricked easily. I'm pretty sure you know. Like I'm bet Bowser could put her in her place honestly i i really think he could but though you know what that would be because bowser has a lot of humor in him too like you just watch him in the paper mario series and how he talks and the rpgs yeah. uh that would be a funny encounter to see bowser and gruntilda like just like bickering at each other that would be pretty pretty darn funny yeah, yeah. I, I like the idea like in smash you can bring these characters together um you know have bowser you know come in and, and beat up um um it just blanked on me. Um, I just lost my thought. You know, going into the Banjo-Kazooie stage, um, yeah. you have all three of those bosses in the same area. Uh, K. Rool. Why did I forget K. Rool? Yeah, Bowser versus K. Rool, and then have Gruntilla flying around in the background. It's like, you can almost get that taste. Almost. Yeah. If we could put <laughs> It'd Gruntilda be awesome if all those fighter, bosses be awesome. off. She'd be unique. Gruntilda as a fighter in Smash. <laughs> You can't have an episode about Gruntilda without saying Gruntilda for Smash. Gruntilda for <laughs> Smash. Cast your votes. I mean, if oh, Nintendo man. could ever like get the licensing back for Banjo Kazooie, I believe it could happen. At this point, I don't really think it would, but um, you know, 
hey, you never say never. We've learned that. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I guess, you know, I mean, that's that's pretty much Gruntilda. She's silly, she rhymes, and she's pretty brutally mean, too, when she wants to be. When she starts to lose, I think she makes more desperate, heartless decisions. Because Tui, she kills off a lot of people. It's a lot of characters. It's not just Bottles and her sisters. There's others that are that she kills. And it's it's for a children's game, it's kind of like, oh, wow, that's actually a little gruesome. So um, she is more of a scarier figure, I think, in Tui, as opposed to Kazooie. Or Kazooie, she's definitely more, I think, playful. She also gets herself killed into well, defeated. Can't really say killed. No, but the, the the last fight, she's got that huge spell she's like holding above her head, and you shoot her with Kazooie, and then oh, she yeah. drops it in the drill she's in, and she can't find it, and then it explodes, and she's toast. Nothing but a head. Yep. <laughs> Way to go, Gruntilda. Spoilers. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about years. those games, obviously. <laughs> what, yeah, right? We did other time. Mention it. Um, I don't think. What happens in the game over screens in the other games? Does Gruntilda do something in those? No. They didn't, a shame. they didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a, what they decided to do for the first one, but then they didn't do that for the sequels. That's a shame, yeah, man. It kind of surprises me because Rare, Rare did that a lot. Um, Donkey Kong 64, Conqueror's yep. Bad Fur Day had multiple game over screens. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was just kind of a thing they did. I don't know. I feel like they, again, that's the reason, another reason why Tui is not as good as Kazooie because they, I feel like they tried to make it more grand of a game, make it bigger and, and, and longer, whereas Kazooie was more charming and it was smaller, but well, well thought out. I, I think it was better. Um, and uh, there was just a lot of um, fun charm to that where, Tui didn't really have that, so maybe you know, cutting out the extra scene at the end is a part of that. You know what I mean? Little things like that. See, I, I still thought Tui did a lot of things right. Like I still really enjoy it. I feel like it gets a little more looked at different. Yeah, it gets looked at differently now. Like it's harder to, for me to go back to that one. It like I still love totally. it almost on an equal level. It's just a little bit different. But I definitely don't dislike it. But you're it right. requires. It requires a lot out of you, and it's harder for me to go back to that sort of thing now to replay a game that, you know, you have to, there's a lot to remember. Yeah. So Hopefully. I don't get into that too long. Hopefully but, yeah. we'll get to experience these games again on a Nintendo system. Um, that yeah, would be that, really special, and seeing Gruntilda fly around again, you know, hopefully in HD graphics, but I'll take yeah. even the old N64 look, you know. Oh, Whatever, just get them on the Nintendo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't look bad on the Xbox, but um, I noticed, especially with Tui, the frame rate is an issue. Well, uh. it's not an issue is the problem. Especially in the beginning of Tui, the music does not sync up with the scene. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Mm. Yeah, because like Rare, the way they made it, they compensated because they knew the scene slowed down, so the music still lined up with it. You don't really notice it on the 64 but it's not slowing down on the Xbox, so it's getting ahead of the music. That's and they, very interesting. They didn't fix that in the port, so. Yeah, I believe that the uh, the song actually just ends without like ending. It doesn't like the finish itself. It just cuts well, off. 
Yeah, the it, scene's done and the music's in the middle of the, you know, the music's in the middle of it. And Donkey Kong 64 does the same on the Wii U, I think, too. Really? Huh. Is it for both versions? Um, the Xbox Live one and then also the one on replay? Really? Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's the same game. Yeah. So even in the remake, like, or the HD upgrade, they didn't fix that? Nope. No. Weird. I played it on the 360 and on Rare Replay on my Xbox One, and it was the same problem. Wow. Crazy. Um, well, guys, let's wrap this sh- this show up. Ryan, we didn't do our due diligence at the start of the show. Oh, no. But I think <laughs> we should do our due diligence here, and um, and uh, we'll, we'll call it a night. Sure thing, man. Uh, you can find us on our home site at uh, thenintendovillage.com slash nintendonostalgia. Uh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Uh, you can find us on facebook.com slash nintendonos, on our Twitter at nintendo underscore nos. Shoot us an email at nintendonostalgiain at gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube. And you can find us on Instagram, nintendonosin. Guys, that brings us to the end of the episode. However, next week is our big episode. You ready for this? 150. That's right. And if you really enjoy the show, we'd super appreciate it if you called into our hotline, sent us a message, let us know what you think about how we've done this 150 episodes. Uh, You can give us a call on the hotline. It's 317-969-5690. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And we'll see you next week for a big 150. Later, Preston. Bye. Peace.